Kicks it back towards the wing. In front, Franklin. Knocked away by Morris. Naismith sold a teammate in the trouble. Quick thinking by Kennedy. And Franklin was run down. Tom Boyd's got it. Tom Boyd goes long. How will it bounce? The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. And the western suburbs erupt. Hello and welcome to this special one-off podcast about the history of the Western Bulldogs Football Club. I'm your host, Luke Boykos, a student from Melbourne's La Trobe University and lifelong Bulldog supporter. For the next little while, I'll be taking you on a journey delving into what I believe to be the pivotal events in the history of the Western Bulldogs Football Club. The main areas of focus today are the foundation of the club, its transition from the VFA to the VFL, the 1954 Premiership, the attempted merger and subsequent fight back in 1989, their change of name from Footscray to the Western Bulldogs, and of course, that awe-inspiring 2016 finals campaign, which ended in the Bulldogs achieving the ultimate success. There have been football matches played in Victoria since 1850, but the first official match is often credited to Scotch College and Melbourne Grammar, who played against each other in 1858. A year later, those same rules that they played by were published, and in 1877, they would be used for the first organised competition, the Victorian Football Association. Meanwhile, in Footscray, the game was developing, with teams emerging from street, factory and neighbourhood scratch matches. This included the founding of the earliest team with Footscray in its name, the Footscray, who played as early as the 15th of July 1876, according to the newspaper The Williamstown Chronicle. Footscray was originally founded as a junior side in the VFA competition, but it was not until 1896 when there was a breakaway which saw six of the strongest clubs leave the VFA for the newly formed Victorian Football League for it to see its success at senior ranks. From 1898 to 1913, the club was very successful, winning five premierships before the Great War forced the suspension of the competition. The first season back after the war was a tough one for Footscray and they finished last on the ladder. But this proved to be nothing but a blimp on the radar of the club as they would go on to win four of the next six VFA Grand Finals and after successfully defeating Essendon, who were the champions of the VFL, they would go on to earn their place in the Victorian Football League. The Bulldogs would have to wait until 1954 before they would taste VFL success for the first time, and in doing so they became the first expansion club to win it, after defeating Melbourne by 51 points. The 1954 Premiership victory would prove to be more than just a sporting result. According to Greg Hobbs in the book 
the Bulldog Book, Sons of the Scray. Footscray went mad with joy. Bands played, train whistles blew, cars honked, men, women and children cried with delight. The drought was over. Bursting rockets in red, white and blue intermittently lit up the Footscray sky. Traffic jammed the Footscray streets and police were forced to cordon off the town hall area in Napier Street, where roughly 6,000 ecstatic fans searched to pay homage to the victors. And on the Footscray Oval, a group of revellers lit a fire and warmed their hands over a roasting effigy of a demon. For many, the celebration raged on for days. Some will tell you it's the most beautiful hangover they've ever had. Seven years later, Footscray would go on to qualify for the 1961 Grand Final, where they would lose to Hawthorne. Following the 61 Grand Final, the club would enter its leanest period of success, with there being very little to rave on about for the next two and a half decades. That is, until 1984, when a younger, less grey Mick Malthouse would undertake the role of head coach and would dramatically improve Footscray's play enough to see them become final contenders yet again. Unfortunately though, this seemed to be a one-off once again for Footscray, as they struggled to compete after a terrible run with player injuries and players leaving to play at the new expansion club in Brisbane. This was seen to be the beginning of the end of the Footscray Football Club. That coupled with the team struggling off the field with discontent between players, fans and officials. It was then made public that Footscray was faced with a very large debt and that the only way for the club to survive going forward was for it to merge with Fitzroy. This announcement was met with anger from not only lifelong Bulldog supporters and members, but also the West as a broader community. It paved the way for the Fight Back campaign, led by future club president Peter Gordon and supporter Irene Chatfield, who together waged a legal battle against the merger and gave Footscray the opportunity to save their club. The fight back, as it's referred to, began on the 8th of October 1989, when a rally was held at Footscray's home ground, the Western Oval, in which as many as 10,000 people attended. And within three weeks, the supporters had raised over $1.6 million and subsequently saved their club. The fight back placed the club in a position where it would be competitive for many years to come. Off the back of the fight back, Footscray entered the 90s with a lot of momentum. This momentum would see them become a regular fixture in the finals for the rest of the decade. This is seen as a reasonably successful period in the team's history, although they were never able to taste the ultimate success. In 1996, 
the club decided to rebrand themselves as the Western Bulldogs in an attempt to market the club to the ever-growing western suburbs and not just confine themselves to Footscray and the surrounding area. This proved to be a very successful decision, despite the conjecture, as the Bulldogs' sphere of influence has grown to incorporate the whole of the western suburbs through to Ballarat and beyond. The western suburbs has forever been a working class society filled with salt of the earth people from various nationalities and cultural identities and in many respects the western bulldogs encapsulate this suburban identity with their playing list. For instance, Lin Zhong of East Timorese and Chinese descent, Baku Kamis, a South Sudanese refugee and of course the little battler Caleb Daniel who was always told that he'd never make it due to his size. He's now a Premiership player, an All-Australian, all while being the smallest player to ever play the game. After the name change in the 90s, the Bulldogs would still have to wait 20 more years before they would taste success on Grand Final Day losing a further five preliminary finals along the way. October 2014 is often seen as a pivotal moment in the club's history, where in the space of a month they would lose their coach, CEO, captain and senior players. It seemed as though everybody was jumping off the Bulldog bandwagon, that is, except for its loyal supporters. Merely 24 months after that shocktober, the Bulldogs would go on to win the 2016 AFL Grand Final, despite numerous injuries to key players. Two thousand sixteen was seen to be the year of the underdog. No matter the sport, the roughie got up. People will never understand what the month of September two thousand sixteen meant to Bulldog supporters. The streets of Footscray, Yarraville and Williamstown were littered with people in red, white and blue. Very similar to the scenes described earlier when talking about the fifty four grand final. It galvanised the community and transcended the cultural and racial barriers with all football supporters getting behind the dogs. Ultimately, since its foundation, the local community has always been at the forefront of the club's agenda. A club for the working man or woman, one that doesn't discriminate. A family of fans, players and staff bound by one thing, our pride for the West and our love of the colours red, white and blue. Once again, my name is Luke Boykos and thank you for listening to my podcast on the history of the Western Bulldogs Football Club.